The following podcast is a presentation of Project Entertainment Network. The fun begins after this message for your enrichment. I figured out what it all means. I can solve the whole thing. I can fix it all. I, I, I just have to explain to people about how men and women are different. Yeah, that uh, that sounds great, honey. But when was the last time you slept? You aren't listening to me. After suffering a psychotic breakdown triggered by the election of a powerful demagogue, Beth follows her husband Jason to a remote cabin, where the two try to make their own world in spite of the increasingly volatile political climate. While the couple are trying their best to overcome Beth's break from reality, otherworldly arbiters conspire to change their lives forever. You can't run anymore, Beth. What? You have to die under No! It's the only way out of this. Catherine! New from Birdcage Bottom Books, Woods is a horror story confronts the traumas surrounding a loved one's battles with mental illness, questions the struggle of individual engagement in the collective, and imagines the possibilities of a world that transcends beyond earthly understanding. Woods by Mike Freiheit, birdcagebottombooks.com And now, on with the show. Don't be scared now, but it looks like you just wandered straight into you mind country. That's you mind, short for unaffiliated mind games, and you ain't never gonna be the same again. Brace yourself, it's time for red hot truth injection. Oh yeah, that's right, bitch. we're rounding up the sheeple and shaking them awake. You mind, too damn bad. We're gonna set fire to the wool over your eyes. Feel the burn, baby. Hot. We're toppling the lies of the lamestream media, one by one. Woo-wee! Watch them bad boys fall. Hey, Universe A, this is Universe B, Colin, and we're gonna tear you a new one. You mind? Thank you for joining us today. It is me, Napoleon Doom, with Horrorgasm. And today I am here with the Backstage Effects SD. Is that how you address Backstage Artist SD. Backstage Artist SD. And we're going to go down the line and everybody introduce yourself and kind of give a little bit about what you do. And uh, how about right here with the pink hair? Hi, um, so my name is Tess. Um, I work at the La Jolla Playhouse in the costume shop um, and I do what's called costume crafts. So um, I do all of the accessories for the costumes. I do, that means hats, masks, armor, jewelry, shoes, everything. Um, I also do all of the um, fabric modifications, so all the dye work and a lot of distressing. That means lots of blood usually um so all that stuff is under my purview as well very cool all right and over here 
Um, we're a full makeup team uh, specializing in special effects. We make, uh, we do the cement molds, make the foam masks, um, all the way up to the applications and the acrylic paints and everything that are that's used in the processing. Very nice. Okay, guys, I, I'm really excited to talk to you today because I, I've always been just like a practical effects junkie. I just loved it. And so it's really exciting to uh, get a chance to talk to all of you guys and really hear how things begin. So I guess the, the first question I have for everybody here would be, what really fueled your interest in uh, doing special effects, practical effects, things like that? Uh, what really sparked that interest? What's the first moment you remember thinking like, oh, that's, that's something I want to be involved in? Whoever wants to take the lead. Yeah, go ahead. Um, <laughs> but for me, I think what sparked my interest, I mean, first I, I was uh, originally a painter. Um, I, I went to school for like painting and I was a studio art major. And then uh, from there, I was watching a lot of um, TV show, like competition, like uh, Face Off and RuPaul Drag Race. And, you know, there's a lot of creative, you know, competition show and that kind of fueled me. I was like, you know what, like, it seemed like something I would be interested in. And then I, I decided to take a chance. I took a class at San Diego State. I mean, San Diego City College. Um, there's a pro like a special uh, special effect program there um, that teach like special effects. And from there, I you know the first day I remember taking a class. Um, we were doing old age makeup, and I I, I remember that I, I knew that that's what I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, from there, I just you know continue with that uh, passion of mine. Very nice. <laughs> Uh, how about you, Chris? I've always been attracted to horror films ever since I was a little kid. And I was always amazed at how they can make it look so real. So I kind of put everything on hold, um, owned a hair salon for over a decade, raised a kid, you know, and then it's like, okay, now I have time to like come back to some of the things I wanted to do. And that's when I really started to get into it more. And Joey? For me, it would have to be what I remember is when I was a kid, I watched uh, Thriller, the, <laughs> the video, and I was more excited about watching the reruns of the making of it as a kid. <laughs> and watching that, that really triggered everything. And then um, I think I started doing regular makeup in 2008, and that's what really opened my mind more. So I've been a makeup artist ever since then. And then special effects came a little bit later. I also took the program as they did. Um, and then from there, I just, I just love it. It's just pretty amazing. And, and it's different than regular makeup. So it's more challenging. So that's what keeps me on my toes. And there's more pressure and it's just fun, period. <laughs> that's all. Tess. Uh, yeah, so I actually got into costumes after studying acting um, and seeing the impact that a costume has on what you're able to do as a performer. And so after that, went to grad school for it. Um, I've, I've just always been really interested in 
the ways that um, the things that you wear kind of change the story. And so um, it's, it's been great ever since. <laughs> Very cool. So I, I always, um, I'm always kind of interested in, in hearing like things like, you know, talking about thriller or things that you saw that really inspired you. Um, are there any standout uh, like films or plays, productions that really uh, something that you aspire to that's sort of your standard, what, what you sort of base your work off of uh, or, or any, even that's just a, a motivation for you? I guess uh, we'll start with Tess this time and then we'll just go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I always have loved um, the big like creature films. So any anything from Godzilla to we were just talking about Creature from the Black Lagoon, yes. um, which was built by a woman who was mm -hmm. also one of the first um, Disney female Disney animators. Um, so yeah, Creature from the Black Lagoon is always like really inspiring just because it it was one of the first women to be involved in a monster movie. Um, nice. But what I really um, love about things like Godzilla, too, with these big, you know, huge costumes uh, is that it, it really changes the shape of a human and the way that a human works. Um, and so that's what I always kind of aspire to is to almost make a, a puppet out of a person. Um, wow. So uh, that's the kind of costume that I, I'm really interested in. And, and those big, you know, kaiju movies and stuff like that has always been really inspiring to me. All right. And then Joey. For me, it just takes me back as a kid too, watching like the old classic killers like Freddie and Michael and Chucky, those are like a few of my favorites. So them, they definitely inspire me for sure. I was always curious of how they did that um, and looking for those videos and stuff like that. And it, that's what I inspired you, I think. Yes. Um, I grew up watching Creature of the Black Lagoon with my mom as a little kid. So it's like, I absolutely, one day I want to sit down and try to sculpt my version of that because I like it so much. Um, and then when my son was young, they came out with, you know, Freddie and a lot of the others. And um, I like working with texture and I found I'm good at working with texture. So anything that like a flat surface painting is completely different from working with texture. And uh, I really, I really enjoy it. Um, a lot of the newer stuff has a lot of texture in it. Ooh, and long? And um, for me, I think I grew up in, um, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I grew up in Vietnam and I think a lot of my uh, inspiration came from actually um, Asian cinema. Um, and growing up, I watched like, I don't know, uh, uh, I think the one the famous uh, one is the the Monkey King. I think that just the special effect of it, and you know that's I think all almost all Asian kids grew up watching that TV show. Oh, TV show, and I'm definitely inspired by it. And coming to United States, like being um, I don't know, being in Western society or whatever, I I love to bring kind of my uh, a lot of my aesthetic kind of with kind of my Vietnamese or whatever Asian twist to it somehow. 
So yeah. <laughs> nice. So, uh, I guess every workday has got to be different for you guys because you're you're always working on a different creature, a different costume, something like that. Um, but can you run me through like a, what your basic like uh, game plan for when when you show up and you're going to start on uh, a project? Um, so so what what how does that kind of go start to finish? What is your basic process? when you're attacking something like this? Uh, how, do you start with sketches? Do you uh, just kind of walk me through for each of you, each of your techniques? And I guess uh, we started with tests, and so now we'll start with uh, Long. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Question is, um, how's the process? So first, I mm -hmm. often, I, um, I kind of get an idea of what, um, you know, like if I were to work for Christopher, I will, he would tell me like what is like the, the theme of it. And um, I first kind of sketch it out a little bit um, of what I wanted to do. And then um, from there, I just, um, like I, I guess I add color and things like that. And, and um, often will depend on what kind of project we do, but um, if it's gonna be like some kind of math um, is often will be like, uh, to a quite, like quite a long time. So we have to like make a mold and um, and then from there we have to like, I don't know, how, how do you say that? Like you have to make a mold and then you have to, there's like a whole process to it, right? So yeah, you do a, a sculpture and then yeah, you do sculpture. the silicone mold around yeah. it? So, yeah, and then yes, yeah, quite a, a process, yeah. but it depends <laughs> on what kind of project though. <laughs> well, we had a project last week that was um, for horrible imaginings that we didn't have time to do two months of sculpting and making the foam mask and everything. So we used a different type of foam and Long was actually in charge of one of the creatures because I brought him in because this was an extreme creature and I knew that he could take care of it because we were creating like 17 different characters and creatures within seven days. So I know. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was like, so, my team in? And there so like, much yeah. pressure. <laughs> and um, um, so we didn't go through the, the long process like for a film that we would want to actually do, but it's like we made it work. And we uh, long brought in a different type of foam that he used and, and sculpted it on a pre-made face of my face because I was playing the creature. And um, then we used a, uh, we didn't have a body cast mold of me. So we used uh, Joey's form to make the body. And um, he molded on the body to, for the body parts of the creature. So nice. it was a quick, a quick version of. <laughs> yeah. So for me, I think if I was presented with some type of a creature, I would definitely, um, it would just run in my head of what type of creature and what are the looks. I would ask a lot of millions of questions, but my mind just keeps running and running with everything. So I would definitely do a sketch for sure, depending on what it is, and then run with that. And whatever comes my way, I will implement that into it if I feel like it's right, if I feel like it looks right as well. Um, and that takes me back to a project that we had did in class one time and we could have done anything, it was a big show. So I decided to do an alien and it was, um, and then there was a backstory to it as well. I had a backstory. So it was um, 
as a universal alien. It was like male, female, and it was also a form of myself if I was an alien. So it was like a hot couture kind of alien. And Christopher played the alien as well. So, and it came out so amazing. It looked just like my sketch. So it was, <laughs> it had like a long train of huge mohawk, everything was black. So that was a lot of fun. So definitely just taking whatever elements that are in my head, whatever what's presented to me. So yeah. Very nice. And Tess. Yes, so I work in a slightly different industry. Yes. Um, so in the theater, um, what, especially at La Jolla Playhouse, we usually do new shows that have never been produced before. Yeah. Um, which is really exciting and fun and also really difficult because you can't just like Google to see what the other guy did. Um, <laughs> so we usually start with the script. Um, everybody in the costume shop will get a copy. We'll all read through it. Um, and I particularly keep an eye out for um, not only any craft things that I'm going to be building, like if somebody's wearing a mask or something, then obviously I know I have to do that. But also um, what happens to people throughout the course of the show, if somebody um, sleeps outside or is, is running from something and gets injured or something, I need to know that in order to um, do the, the distressing on the clothes later. Um, Cause that makes such a big difference to be able to see the wear and tear on the costumes uh, to reflect what's happening in the, in the script. So uh, we will get renderings from the designer that we are meant to replicate and they will some, the designer will sometimes have an idea of how to accomplish these things and how they would like these things to be built. Sometimes it's just like, Hey, we have this weird thing it's up to you, um, so which is kind of my favorite. Um, but uh, so from then on, it's just a lot of collaboration between myself and the designer, um, and sometimes other departments too will often get props involved um, or scenic. We've done shows where I had to make, we did a show called Squirrels where everyone was a squirrel. Um, so <laughs> I had to make a bunch of squirrel feet um, but there was a point where somebody had to walk through a pool of blood and leave little squirrel footprints in blood. <laughs> um, and so that involved a lot of discussion with the scenic artist about the, um, cause they wanted a white gloss floor and we didn't <laughs> want anyone to die. So it was, um, there's always in theater, there's always a lot of um, working between departments to figure out, you know, exactly how much grit you need in this floor what the consistency of the blood was, what was I was doing with the shoes. So that was, um, you know, scenic props and costumes all trying to solve this problem. So um, that's usually what my day looks like is, is um, solving problems, talking with a bunch of other people and just putting stuff into rehearsal and, you know, troubleshooting from there. Yeah. Now, what I can love I about piggyback? That... Can I piggyback off of her real yeah. quick? Like you said, it's troubleshooting, but also talking to a lot of people. So it's teamwork. I think that's what it really comes down to is talking to a director, producer, or wardrobe, hair. It's all teamwork. So, and that builds really good foundation. I'm really interested um, in, because you, you see like um, a lot of, when it goes well, you, you see this finished piece and it looks beautiful and, and, and hearing you guys talk about like all the work and all the little 
bits that go into it. Um, what have been some of your surprise successes that have come out of that, that you thought like, this is never going to work. We're never going to pull this off. Uh, and then you just shocked yourself and it came to pass or contrary wise, some amazing failures that uh, you will never do again. <laughs> and I guess we'll start off uh, with Tess this time. Yes. So. Um, I actually have the perfect story. Okay. Um, <laughs> we were doing a show called Wild Goose Dreams, um, which uh, was about um, the split in North Korea, South Korea, and um, about a Korean family. And so there was actually a lot of penguin imagery in it, um, because there is a, a talk of um, a penguin dad is a dad who um, can't provide for his family. And mm -hmm. so that was, there was a lot of penguin imagery and they wanted all these um, silicone penguin masks for this dad character for some sort of weird dreamy sequences. And there was going to be one sequence where um, the father is in prison, um, getting beaten by guards, gets his head dunked in a toilet as a human being, and then comes up out of the toilet as a penguin, and then gets his penguin face shot off. And so we're all cool. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like fun. Um, <laughs> so uh, this is that meant that the penguin masks that I were making, uh, that one had to be easy enough to slip on and off that he can stick his head into it inside a toilet. Um, and then come up and then have it easily come off and have some kind of blood effect after that. So wow. that whole process, I did not think that was going to be possible. Um, but again, it was collaboration. It was a lot of work between me and the props department. The props department bought a toilet and, um, altered it <laughs> so that it had an opening underneath so that a stage hand could hold the mask and kind of shove it up onto the actor's face. Um, and then he came up, mask is on, there's um, a blood sponge in the top of it so that when he kind of does this to sort of slough it off, um, when he gets shot that there is blood coming down his face. And we were completely stunned. It worked on the first try. We did not think, we thought we were gonna be in tech for this stupid scene for like a week straight. Um, and we were incredibly lucky. It was a lot of work. Um, but yeah, you get some weird asks in, <laughs> in a lot of these instances. Some challenges. Mm -hmm. So I like that. Okay, so then I guess next, Joey, how about you? Um, a challenge? I would have to say the seven day project. Yeah. Um, it was presented to us different than what it was supposed to be. So then I was actually editing the the small clips scenes and I'm not a filmographer or an editor. I just started learning um, how to edit iMovies um, and that's due to uh, over the summer I'm going to be coming out with a YouTube channel by the way. Yes. Plug nice. myself in at <laughs> Joey's World. <laughs> All right, at Joey's so, World, you heard it here. <laughs> so, um, so I started that, and then he was like, "Okay, we have 15 minutes to film this and edit it, and then send it." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> and 
Um, most of them I did um, edit them like in 15 to 20 minutes and they came out pretty awesome. So uh, that was a challenge and pressure and I've definitely learned from it. So, and that was a lot of fun. All right, now Chris. Um, yeah, adding to what he was just saying, um, the horrible imaginings is usually three days in a, the Frida Theater up in um, Anaheim, and they turned it into virtual this year. And then about four days before, I was seeing stuff posted, and I'm, I'm like, are you just starting some of the films early, or did you extend the time? He goes, oh, we're doing it for seven days. And I was like, oh, okay, because usually I'm the mascot, and I show up with three different costumes, three different days. So that's when I said, can I bring my team in? <laughs> And then after the first night, I was on a live panel and I realized all the models that we do makeup on, they're going to sit there on this live panel for an hour during a discussion talking about a film that they haven't seen. I'm like, we need to take it up a notch. So we, I, I started writing and directing little skits for everybody that we did the makeup on. And that's what he was talking about. Suddenly he was filming and editing and it was kind of like within the first night and the second day, I decided that <laughs> and then all of a sudden the project got bigger <laughs> but it, it turned out really good but um, I work well under the pressure and my mind works well like that because um, I'm used to we, we do the theater productions for the men's gay chorus oh, wow. and like one of the <laughs> things that they gave us like I was like you realized when you switch these two numbers you just gave us four minutes and 13 seconds to put this guy in full drag on the side of the stage. And he goes, oh, well, just try to make it work. <laughs> and um, we did. I had five artists working on that person while I was doing, uh, uh, changing a headdress and wigs and helping two other people change into their costumes. And you also stage. dancing as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, on then stage. I went out and performed. <laughs> like, wow. Um, so there are some challenges, but it, it's, it feels so good after you conquer those challenges and, and it's exciting and fun. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now Long, how about you? I think the challenges, I think definitely go back to um, the seven day challenge mm -hmm. <laughs> that I had. It was, it was kind of, it was my second time uh, using the, the foam clay thing. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I would just, um, uh, like I just I just tried it and you know I was like hoping hoping for the best but it, it came out it came out good so I'm I'm, good. I'm quite proud of myself and uh, you know it's a uh, I don't know it's yeah I mean I, I work kind of good under pressure as well so it's I guess it's a lot of teamwork that we had to do uh, as well <laughs> so that yeah. was I guess that was with one of the big challenges that I, I, I faced and I think we did okay you know yeah. so. <laughs> yeah. Now, what is, I, I, I'm assuming that uh, in this field of work, because the techniques are always changing, there's always something new coming in. How do you keep yourself fresh? Uh, and what are some uh, new, new things that are coming in that you're really excited to get a chance to work on, if, if I can ask, if it's not proprietary information? <laughs> so, and I guess we will start with long this time, because we're going back and forth. Some, some new thing uh, in the, the special effect makeup industry or like uh, just... new things or how do you keep your skills fresh uh, how, how do you um, do you go to courses do you uh, just read up mm -hmm. on it uh, yeah uh, 
anything you're excited about? So. For me, I, um, I do, um, I'm also a makeup artist, so mm -hmm. I often like to just do this challenge where at least um, two times a week I will do uh, a makeup, like a two, just anything really. It can be like glamour or it can be horror, it can be um, any of those to keep my, um, um, my excuse um, kind of like uh, fresh or whatever. And uh, I often, oftentimes, I also meet up with friends that also do art, and we like just, I just like do, like to do molding and things like that. So, and also look out for you know those Facebook page and um, you know see if anybody need help with certain thing. I you know maybe I can provide the help yeah. as well. Nice. And uh, Chris, um, there's a few people that I will follow on YouTube that are just amazing artists that will trigger different ideas, and I'll save certain pictures when I come across. Oh, I like the gills on this one or I like what they did with the ears on that person and then later when something's presented to me a challenge is presented to me I'll scroll back through and I'm like yeah I'm gonna take this the, you know like this design would change it up from this on an ear and then I'm gonna do a shape of an eye similar to that or um, I um, it's so much fun, but I never know what's going to come at me. Like, I didn't know this was going to be seven days. I didn't know why I was going to change it into filming, um, which was great. Uh, there's, I never know what the next challenge is going to be until it, it's presented to me. Um, but I think I kind of like that. It's like a surprise, and, and my mind works well once it's thrown at me. I'm like, oh. Well, what's the, the limit of, of conservative to how far can I go? And once I know where that limit is, I just jump in and I just go with it. It keeps me fresh with coffee. <laughs> just coffee? <laughs> just coffee. Very nice. Um, All right. And, oh. um, I think definitely... Um, Social media, that's a big platform and we see that a lot and what's new and what's fresh and like, what can I do to um, make that even better or even something similar to that or even challenging with like getting with friends as well. I know that me and my best friend for next month, we're gonna challenge um, each other to keep it fresh. <laughs> each week we're going to present one um, Halloween look so uh, yeah okay. <laughs> so we're so the first week is gonna be um uh, disney villains and then the following week maybe like a crazy zombie so something like that keeps us fresh and on our toes because you know we have our daytime jobs and we still love what we do on the side so something like that keeps us keeps us me me fresh yeah. tess how about you um, yeah, so in working at the Playhouse, um, honestly, a lot of what we do is talk to each other, again, between departments. If I have an issue and I'm not sure what material to use to solve it, sometimes I'll just go down to the paints department and I'm like, hey, here's the thing. What, what have you used that worked? Um, and because there's so many things that are like really common to use in props that are not very common to use in costumes or, or vice versa, um, but that are very flexible, interesting materials to use in a bunch of different ways. So 
um, it's really handy to have a lot of people around that do things that are adjacent to what you do, but are not quite that thing. Um, but yeah, it's social media. I'm always looking at what new creators are doing on Instagram, what um, kind of, you know, you follow the makers of a lot of these materials too. You've got to follow Smooth On and all that, you know, to see what kind of products they're coming out with next. Um, and the funny thing about theater is that a lot of the time, the simplest, stupidest thing is the best solution, you know? Sometimes it's just like, well, what happens if we pull, put a string on it and then pull it? And then that is easier to do in the moment than it is to, you know, try and like get servos set up or whatever to make a cool effect. Um, so, you know, it's, it's always just trying with what you have on hand and then um, asking around to see what's a way for you to do this in a different way. Because um, like they were saying, you know, sometimes, especially working on new shows, you get a rewrite, there's been a script change, suddenly this scene is in a different place, and now we have no time to do this change. Well, now we've got to start from scratch and, and have a completely new idea of where to go from this. So it kind of just the job itself keeps you on your toes because you never know, again, you're not working in a vacuum, you never know what everybody else is gonna um, come up with. So you have you to stay fresh. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's, I think that's really exciting. Um, you got me really curious though about like the uh, new materials uh, and it's something that I want to ask of all of you. What are some unexpected or strange materials that you found yourself incorporating into a look uh, that just wound up working out really well? Like, I don't know, like ramen noodles or something bizarre that you were just like, <laughs> why would I do this? But somehow magically it worked. Have you ever had experiences like that? And I guess we'll start with Tess. I'm trying to think. I mean, the, um, the thing about costume crafts mm -hmm. is uh, we say that it's about 50% fabric store and 50% Home Depot. Um, and so because it is, it's sometimes you're making like a fancy pretty hat for a fancy pretty lady and then sometimes you're like building a mech suit and you just need a bunch of garbage. Um, we just did a show called Fly that was a Peter Pan story. Um, and so a lot of the designs were um, very inspired by childhood and toys and things like that. And so we're over here me and my assistant in the craft room were sitting in like a literal pile of garbage with just playing with like, okay, well, what if, what if this Coke can is his, goes, you know, uses that with a sword. And then what if this, we'll make this out of Legos. And the, so it's, it was um, a really fun process of just pulling together a bunch of stuff. But there's been plenty of times where I will just go to Home Depot and kind of walk down the aisles and grab, you know, maybe it's this, maybe it's that, I don't know. Um, and then the guy always comes by to ask you what you're making. And it's like, I, uh, you, you can't help me. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just all, you never know. It's sometimes it's literally just like a piece of trash you see on the floor. It's like, oh, that's the perfect shape for this thing. You know, it, you never know. Very fun. And uh, Joey, how about you? Oh, God, I'm trying to think of a time that I was... I think I definitely go to like thrift stores. That's always mm -hmm. a lot of fun to find something weird and odd. Yeah. Um, where else? What else can you guys think of? I'm trying to think of a time when I just needed something weird and odd. I can't really think of something. 
take it, Chris, because you're All always right. um, about <laughs> <laughs> Last week, I found myself in thrift stores grabbing different things that I could turn into the costumes um, for the models. And I was, one of the things I did was I was the head from the brain that wouldn't die. And so I'm like, we're driving around, I'm like, I need a cardboard box, you know, to make the laboratory table. And then I went to a thrift store and I grabbed stuff that looked like it was black and chrome, looked like it was like there was a bottle opener from the 50s. I turned it upside down, stuck it in a piece of cardboard that came out of my blow dryer box, spray painted it a different color and hot glue gunned it on, you know, <laughs> to create tubes and wires and, you know, and such. Um, also like uh, one of the zombie walks, I wanted intestines one year. So I took a nylon stocking and I put rice in it and put rubber bands and then I poured latex over it. Well, I went to move it and the latex wasn't dry yet. And at first I'm like, oh no, I'm changing the shape. And I'm like, oh no, the shape looks better now. <laughs> so I used that idea for Henrietta <clears throat> fruit seller uh, lady's legs from Evil Dead 2 last week. I took a, a styrofoam piece that I bought at Michael's and then I put cotton all around the edges and poured latex over it. So when I pulled the styrofoam out, the cotton stayed in, certain areas tore a little when I went to put it on, which was perfect because then my skin showed through and I created Henrietta's legs. So um, you just kind of go with it, you know, I, you just kind of go with it and uh, it's whatever pops into your head. Yeah. You know, nobody knew I had a bottle opener there on the laboratory table. I had tubes and wires connected to it. <laughs> <laughs> it just all came together that's that's amazing and uh, long how about you and anything that pops into your head um so I, I think for me i like to do a lot of time i guess like um test say a little bit like i feel like a lot of time if you were to um like have some kind of project where you only need like a certain amount of like space you need like a full costume like for it if i want to take a selfie and just want to show my look you know, so uh, a lot of time I just oftenly I would paint clothes on, on myself, and you know make it like you know texture, you know all this kind of look, you know with with enough filter it would look good. Um, and then um, what else? I, I often I think this one uh, material I, I saw it in a lot of time like this like metal material I'm I'm, I'm trying to work more of it's just um, uh, it basically those. Um, metal uh printing paper that like would look like metal when you put on yourself it looked like you you have like some kind of like full like metal outfit but it's just you know a piece of um paper with like um metal axes or like metal color on it oh. and yeah a lot of time it's just um yeah it's just me painting myself in this area for a lot of my looks you know and uh yeah <laughs> Yeah, when I saw your one look, I went and I showed it to Joey, and I'm like, I'm like, look at, did he put falsies on? And he goes, no, it's paint. And I'm like, oh, the clothes you were wearing, yeah, everything yeah. was painted on. I, I didn't even know. It was That's like, amazing. it was amazing. <laughs> For me, is that the lazier it is, the more comfortable I am, the, the better. <laughs> now, if you can share without getting yourself in trouble, um, are there any horror stories like a model who neglected to tell you they're allergic to latex or somebody who just got sick on set or uh, costumes that just fell apart 
at the most inappropriate time? Any anything that you can recall that happened like that? And I guess we'll start with Tess. Oh. Or we can start with whoever whoever finds that awakening in their mind first. So. I'll go first this time. Right. It's right. Sounds <laughs> but, good. Yeah. Uh, for me, I think it was go back to one of the um, the project we had in class. Of um, we 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 have spent like so many months uh, working on this mold for like this monster um, to show, mm -hmm. and at the very last minute, my um, my mask didn't work, so I have mm -hmm. to come up with a, a, a different option. So, and then I used foam clay um, to make a lot of my looks um, uh, for it. So, I guess that's what would, is that does that answer the question? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just to, the mask. So, what what went on with the mask that made it not work for you? It just um, it just didn't come right, and it was there's way too many holes, and it was. Yeah. You know, when I thought about it in my brain, it worked. But when, you know, when it actually like molding it and like to making it um, a foam mat, it just didn't look the way that I wanted it. So I have to come up with it, a whole different like, even looks, you know, for it. So, I mean, and then the easier, I guess, was, was better. Like not everything has to be so structured and like this and that, you know? So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Anybody else? Or... No? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've not had anybody allergic to latex. I will usually ask yeah. before I put latex on somebody. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I haven't had anything like that. It's, but if working with different materials that you're not used to working to, Mm -hmm. uh, with um, like, like the foam he's talking about I had yeah. never worked with that foam before we were doing this project last week so I really liked the way <laughs> that it worked for the mold that he did on the face and the molds turned out perfect for the body but I found it didn't stick to material clothing mm -hmm. very well so now I know for the next time I mean we made it work you know use a hot glue gun and some safety pins and, you know, filming, you know, uh, the right angles and everything. But now I know for the future, okay, don't try to glue this to the material. It's not going to stick, you know? <laughs> yeah. For me, it was that one time when you were my alien and I was so frustrated because the glue that we tried to use, it wasn't staying for the mask. Well, it was so more of a, so yeah, it, yeah. This, what was it? silicone mask was so heavy yeah the silicone mask that I had made and it was like half a face but it just wasn't staying and then we needed to have um, nostrils put in as well because he could barely breathe <laughs> it was a two-piece actually yeah. and it was sliding I was like no <laughs> but we made it work and he was a trooper to keep it on all practically almost all night and he was also <laughs> in um, some heels that I broke off the back of the hill so it was heelless Mm. And that was a big challenge as well for mostly for him. Learning how to walk on my tippy toes the whole time. Yeah. Wow. I dance, so it's like a little easier. Now I've turned those shoes into hoof shoes for <laughs> another creature, and I'm used to walking around in them now. <laughs> but I was standing at gas stations pumping, and I stand up on my toes just to get my 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 arch, my um, ankles used to the pressure. 
uh, uh, to be strong enough to walk in those. <laughs> they, they make the shoe, the actual shoes to be able to walk like that. Yeah. But um, these were just high heels with no heel. <laughs> Very interesting. And uh, Tess, anything you'd like to share that subject? Um, I mean, in a way, doing theater is kind of just a series of disasters that you have to iron out before you, yeah. <laughs> because it, it, there's, you know, you can't do another take. You know, it, mm -hmm. it, it has to all be able to flow in one, you know, two hour period. Um, so a lot of the time, uh, it's stuff that worked really well when we were in the costume shop, you know, trying to, to work on stuff. And then we get it on stage and with the lights and the props and the scenic elements and the actor, it's not quite um, doing what we expected. Um, there's, it's usually comes down to some sort of communication error. I know we've done shows where, uh, there was one show where uh, our costume designer wanted us to do a business logo on a necklace for a woman who owned a bakery. Um, and so I came up with a little logo and made a little necklace. And then I go down to props and they have a whole other logo all mm. over their cakes. And I'm like, oh, okay. That's designers should have spoken to each other. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it ends up being a lot of stuff like that, but we <laughs> rehearse the hell out of everything. So usually there's time to iron out all those issues before we actually have an audience. Um, although the other secret of theater is that shit's going wrong literally constantly back, you know, backstage. And, um, I've uh, sat in the audience before and seen um, uh, on our show, Diana, about Princess Di, um, she had a pair of shoes that, uh, needed to be quick rigged so she could change in and out of them um, really quickly. Cause the whole show was just Diana changing her dresses over and over and over again. Mm. Um, and so she had a dance sequence and um, either there was something wrong with the shoe or the wardrobe didn't quite get it on her well enough. Um, but her, the flap of um, holding her shoes together was just like flying around on stage as she's desperately trying to dance. And I'm just watching there like, did I do that? Is that my fault? Like, <laughs> um, so, but you know, most of the audience probably didn't really notice she did a great job, but you know, it's when you are so deeply in it, you see every little thing and you're like, Ooh, uh Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's very I absolutely cool. agree with that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not good at putting false eyelashes on, but there was a theater production this guy, one of his eyelashes wouldn't stay on. So I found myself in a chair behind him upside down with a blow dryer because he has to run out to stage and that thing, I wanted it on, you know? So, and it, it did stay on, but I was on the side watching. I'm like, please don't fall off. Please don't fall <laughs> off. You know? Yeah. So yeah. Well, I think you do notice it. that's the fun part about being backstage is anything can happen. There's so much pressure. There's so much going on. There's so much energy as well, mm -hmm. but that's, I think, I, we can all agree, like, that's just what fuels us up is all that energy. And we have so much fun. And we love it so much. Yeah. I guess I asked because uh, I was working on a set where we just had an obstinate actress who just was trying to cause trouble. She'd be like, I'm allergic to latex. We're like, okay, we'll use gelatin. Oh, I forgot to mention I'm vegan. And we're like, okay, so we'll use 
come. And then we're just kind of, we're going down the line and we wound up finding a photo shoot of her online where she's like fully in latex and stuff. And we're like, ah, you're just, you're just being a brat. Have you guys ever had any um, people who were, who you had to costume, who you, who you had to work with, who you were just not, not really feeling it or they, they weren't engaged or anything like that. And, and, and of course, if that's going to get you in trouble, don't, you can skip that question. <laughs> I, say, I was going to um, say the answer is yes, but I don't know what I can say. About it. <laughs> say it, say it. <laughs> um, I think when we were doing the seven day thing, we had a model that was supposed to be here and, um, she was supposed to be a zombie pinup girl and mm. she was just like not responding. And then we had about 20, 25 minutes before it? we had to send it or 30, less than 30 minutes before we had to send in the small clip. And I was like, okay, she's going to be here. She's going to have her makeup on or she's going to be ready. And meanwhile, I'm doing a different model's makeup. And she was just like, I can't make it. I was like, we have 23 minutes to film this and edit it and send it. Wow. So I, no, we had 30. And so I, I basically, <laughs> I'm like, okay, I will be um, a drag model slash pinup girl zombie. <laughs> so it, it's all filmed as well. So I'm literally painting my face. I'm like, go look up in the attic, get my pink polka dot dress or find something, get the wig. He's doing the wig. I'm getting ready. I found a bra. I found some heels. I'm just like this pinup girl. And then we film it. And then I edit it super quick. And then it was just chaotic. You look so good, too. <laughs> no, I look a mess. <laughs> so, but it worked out. But um, anything can happen. And, and somebody can just be like, no, I cannot make it. So some people are just not reliable, I guess. I'm used to working with brides over the years. Mm -hmm. So that right there kind of helps me, you know, there was, there was uh, one time I was uh, doing somebody's, their wig and their makeup um, for performance for the theater. And um, I said, now I study this picture, these different pictures intensely. Um, she does not wear black uh, eyeliner. She wears dark brown eyeliner. Well, I need black because I'm right ahead and I need to pop from the back. I'm like, okay, we can do that. And then I'm like, now I specifically studied the type and style of the false eyelash. So here I've got the, I have um, permanent ones on, I can't wear false eyelashes. So I'm like, okay, you just sort of take a breath and okay. And you just kind of go with it because what are you going to do? You know, I'm, I wasn't going to argue with her, you know, I'm like, okay, we'll just make it work, you know? And because I've dealt with brides on their special day, even um, when they're under that pressure, they'll tend to be more, a little bit more, no, I can't do that. No, you know, uh, so um, you just sort of go with it. And I mean, after we got past that, everything was great and we got along fine, but I had to take a breath and okay then you know and we just mm -hmm. kind of go that direction i think you also have to be a little bit firm with certain people mm -hmm. because remember you're the authority like you're the makeup artist you're the professional mm -hmm. um in certain situations be like this is what we're gonna do That's i'm true. this is this is my professional opinion so you got to be a little bit firm with either a bride or a client or someone of that sort to let them know that you're also in charge as well. So you have to find a medium, a balance. Yeah. Absolutely.
Yeah. And uh, Long, anything to share? Um, I really, I feel like I have so many, but I really couldn't think <laughs> of any right now in my brain. But yeah, I don't. Yeah, I haven't. I feel like I have. I have come in contact with many people, but for like uh, for some reason, I couldn't think of any right now. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Now, if um, I, I know that. Uh, there's probably people out there who would love to have you work on their cosplays or their Halloween costumes. It might be a little late for Halloween costumes, but just different things. Uh, how can people get in touch with you? Um, what's the process? Uh, wh where can we find you if we're interested in uh, reaching out to you? And I guess uh, Tess over here, we'll start with you. Uh, sure. Um, I have a website that I have not updated um, in a very long time, but if you want to see what I was doing two or three years ago, um, you can go to uh, tessmatraw.com, T-E-S-S-M-A-T-T-R-A-W.com. Um, and from there, you can contact me if you uh, want, even just, you know, if you want to talk about the industry, if you want advice on how to, you know, make a break into it and everything, um, please get in touch. We love to talk about what we do. So hey. very nice. And uh, Joey. Um, so there's different avenues for myself. I also have a website, so that is joeysworld.com, and that's with a Z in the middle. Um, and then I also have my Instagram, at joeysworld. And I don't have a Facebook. Um, took that down. I feel like I just didn't need it anymore. Yeah. And I will be very soon to uh, YouTube. So you can find me on YouTube with Joey's World and any hashtag with Joey's World as well. So... It's pretty easy. Joey's world. There you go. Um has a number of our artists. Uh, it's very well put together. I paid somebody to do it because that's not my area. <laughs> um, we also have an Instagram and a Facebook page. And my phone number is posted on there as well. And then um, usually if somebody contacts us and tells me what they're looking for, I do all the back and forth and then I'll, I'll either decide which artist I think might be the best for that or I make an announcement to the team and see who's available to do this or that and then set it up that way. Nice. Um, for me, uh, I, I, ha I do have a website, but I, I believe it's kind of under like, Instruction. Instruction. Like, <laughs> I don't. I. I think I. I did it. But like, anyways. Um. It's. <laughs> I'm a mess. Uh, it's a. Uh, um. I think what's long in makeup is my uh, web uh, website and also. But mostly, you really want to. Um, the best place to uh, contact me is through Instagram. Is uh, makeup with long, and um, also on Facebook, makeup with long as well. Nice. Okay, guys, thank you so much for being here today. It was so much fun hearing from all of you. And uh, I hope you're having a, a lovely evening today. <laughs> thank you, thank you right. very much. Thank you. All right, take care. It's nice Bye. meeting you both. Bye. Bye. Special thanks to Tess Mitra, Christopher Olson, Joey Alvarez, and Long Nguyen. TessMitra.com is where you go if you want to check out Tess's stuff, and BackstageArtistSD.com is where you go if you want to check out the other crew. 
Head on over to birdcagebottombooks.com slash products slash woods if you want to check out that beautiful, wonderful comic book that we advertise right at the top of the show. We couldn't start our show off without Savage C. Walnar, our legendary announcer. Thank you so much, Savage. We love what you do. And the You Mind theme song is brought to you by Ethan Mixell because he composed it. It's called Demilitarized Zone, and it'll get your toes a tapping, probably. You can go to patreon.com slash lucidnap if you are interested in supporting the show and becoming a Patreon, or you can do a small one-time donation at buymeacoffee.com slash lucidnap. It helps us out so much. You can also go to lostbreadcomic.com, and you can buy arts and stickers and prints and oh, all sorts of good stuff that you can share. You know, Christmas is a-coming, and Hanukkah too, so you might want to check that out to pick up some presents for those who you love or are you just, you know, trying to get rid of them, trying to get them off your back? You gotta buy them a present because, like, eh, they're family. Anyway, follow us, yes. And uh, check out Creeping Wave Radio. Creeping Wave Radio is our amazing audio drama. We use a lot of the uh, local San Diego talent, a lot of performers, a lot of uh, musicians that are in the area and beyond, in fact. And uh, it's, it's really kind of a fantastic thing. We're going into our three and a half season, 3.5. And uh, yeah, but you know what? Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Whatever it is you're doing today, we love that you're doing it because uh, we couldn't do this without you doing that. So, hey, you know what? Awesome. And you know who we love so much is our Patreons, The Gramerica Show, Nikki Benfield, and The Lovable Neil who fill our hearts with joy and our pockets with, you know, cash. <laughs> the You Mind is brought to you by LucidNet Productions in cooperation with a scary old man. I'm not that scary. Don't I don't so. try to be, but I just am. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Every person's story has something to teach us. How others view life, how obstacles are overcome, how joy is felt how fears are faced, how love is expressed. The Matters of Faith podcast explores individual stories of people's lives and how faith plays a part. It may not be your story, but it may help shape yours. The Matters of Faith podcast with Jay Wilburn is on Project Entertainment Network. This has been a presentation of the Project Entertainment Network.